0: I will do the rest of the podcast dressed as a stormtrooper.
1: Why are you talking like Bane, though? <laughs> <laughs> because you don't know how to... I don't know. I'm done. People running around Woking bones into the ground Is everyone just trying to be first
0: See me falling down from the buildings in the clouds Would you catch me this bubble burst? Burr, burr. I'm an American
1: man. I got more to- Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan, a.k.a. The Raj Nation. I am your show's host, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Martin McGovern, AKA Marty McFly, this is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. In this episode, we sit down with Jen D Simone. Jen is the community manager for the travel company Under 30 Experiences, those of you listeners who have been with us from day one, you'll remember our first episode ever was with the founder of Under 30 Experiences, Matt Wilson. Jen is also a certified life coach, and our conversation today stems around something that she talks about with her clients all the time. That's the concept of intention. Specifically, what is living with intention? Now, a couple of disclaimers before we get started. Jen lives in Costa Rica, so internet connection was not the best for this episode, so there's a little bit of breakage and some audio issues, but I did my best in post-production to make this sound as good as possible for you. Second disclaimer, it's actually an invitation. Head over to www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com, enter your email address there, and you will never miss another episode of this show. All right, let's dive into our conversation now with Jen Simone asking... What is living with intention? Let's listen in.
2: Living with intention is constantly on my mind and is a topic that's uh, near and dear to my heart because I feel as if the last four years of my life, um, everything that's manifested in the last four years has come because of an intention setting exercise I've done for myself. Um, The first intention actually was given to me by somebody in my network and it was, Um, find your own adventure, find your next adventure, stop saying um, you're looking for a new job. And I really took that as, okay, it doesn't have to just be um, a professional goal, it doesn't have to be a personal goal, it can actually be an adventure I'm seeking out in my life. And from there, I have been able to springboard into so many ways um, to live my life in ways that I had never thought possible. So living with intention has really set me up for this life that I have now that I um, am truly in love with.
1: So that's actually, I'm very interested in that idea of adventure over job. I don't know if I've ever heard it phrased that way of, hey, I'm looking for a job. Wait, no, no, I'm looking for my next adventure. Can you expand upon what went into that and sort of the adventures that that came out?
2: Sure. So to give our listeners a little bit of a background, uh, my career had started in the federal government. And after four years of Basically, working on admin stuff related to Africa, I was ready to just jump ship and I had no idea where to go. So, um, you know, fast forwarding a couple years and a couple other failed um, attempts at finding a new job, um, I decided to move to an entirely new city, which was Raleigh, North Carolina. I started working in uh, the startup scene for a lifestyle company. Um, and absolutely loved it. And it was a way for me to kind of merge these ideas of social impact, social good, um, international development, um, you know, creating a career that I really loved. But also these ideas of, okay, travel and curiosity and even food to some degree. I mean, a lot of the work I was doing with was with Whole Foods. And when you're in that uh, network, you know, you really start learning about things like superfoods and um, how to really fuel your body with food and then the yoga practice started getting layered into that as well. So, um, really from changing my mindset from, okay, I need a job. I need a nine to five. I need a paycheck to, okay, I'm going to find an adventure. And this is really going to be, um, the foundation to create a lifestyle that supports me and fulfills me and allows me to grow and be, um, you know, remain curious, um, that framework really let me jump into something new that really, if I hadn't created that framework for myself, I probably would have found another nine to five and um, would have been feeling really, really stuck for probably the next 30, 40 years of my life.
1: And then from out of that, uh, obviously under 30 experiences came about, but I don't think you, you, were just, you were just gone on a trip originally, right? And then just got more involved. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, I had originally gone on a trip in 2013. So, um, that year for me, 2013 was my year. Um, I had recently gotten out of a, um, long-term relationship. I had moved to a new city. I had totally changed my career. And I had said, this is going to be the year where my health gets on track. Um, I'm doing really fun things and I'm going to travel and I'm going to travel to places that even if I don't have anyone else to go with, I'm going to go with. So. Uh, Carla Blumenthal whom I know you guys are friends with and have had on this podcast she had gone on a trip told me about it and something in my heart said okay you have got to go on this trip so I actually charged the trip on my credit card I didn't have the money to go but something <laughs> told me hey go so I, I find myself in Nicaragua a country that I knew nothing about had never thought I was gonna go to um, and just had this incredible five days where I was surrounded by like-minded people, super energetic, super young. Daniel DiPiazza was on my trip. Matt Wilson was on my trip. Um, and we just had these incredible conversations about life and travel and what it meant to work with intention. What does that actually mean? Um, and it totally just changed everything for me. I mean, I had been playing with this notion, but I actually hadn't thought of it in terms of working with intention and what does that actually mean? And, um, and how does one create a life with intention?
0: yeah so what so, go ahead, Martin? Oh, so how do you guys define intention?
2: Um, so for me personally, intention means being able to create a vision or a goal for yourself and very methodically essentially um figuring out ways to get there so um and i know that word methodically can can can, you know kind of turn people away but coming from a social sciences background um the mythology in which you do something is basically everything that you hold yourself to so it's your accountability it's your ethics it's how you're framing your questions it's where you're looking for your resources. It's the people that you surround yourself with. So when you come up with this mythology of intentionality um, and you really layer in, okay, who is in my tribe that I can reach out to? Um, What is this really gonna add to my life? What is the value add? What is the value add I'm providing to the world? Um, That's when it becomes intentional. It's not just making a decision saying, okay, great, I'm gonna, sign this you know offer letter i'm gonna go move to a new city and and figure it out no it's it's actually doing it um with this mindset and this methodology behind you that keeps you accountable um and for me accountability is such a huge piece of the equation that i think a lot of people um, don't talk about or um you know they don't really have in their time so i want
1: to i want to make sure i understand that uh, properly I I think you are intentionally no no pun intended but I think you are intentionally yeah. <laughs> creating a difference between you're, you're you're using the word mythology as opposed to methodology right? Yes. Okay and and no. You are or you're not.
2: <laughs> no
1: mythology. Am I say have I been saying mythology the whole time? Mythology, yeah. <laughs> you've been saying
2: mythology. you methodology. it's it's Sunday morning here in Costa Rica. But <laughs> I am screwing this up, but no. Um, methodology. So the method in which you are actually going forth and creating the intentionality in your life, um, and how those those all those aspects um, you know, if you're thinking about it in terms of a life experiment, like what do you need to create this experiment? Um, what are the questions you're asking? What are the resources you're looking for? Um, you know, where are you creating this experiment? Um, and then what's coming out of it? Once you have these questions kind of answered, okay, then what? What? Um, and just be really uh, intentional about it, and um, and really setting forth and doing it, and keeping yourself accountable to all of it.
1: Well, I know you and I, and I, you clarified there that you meant methodology, but I actually think there's a lot of interesting thoughts <laughs> behind the, the other end of it, which is mythology, which we could almost extrapolate to say, on the mythology side of it, it's, what are you doing this in the name of, and mm-hmm. what is the... Um, Almost like what's the inspiration for wanting to do something? And I think that actually, although you accidentally said mythology, I think it pairs very well with, myth- with with methodology.
2: You know, I think for me, there have been so many moments in my life that has said to me, okay, what is going to be your, your impact? What is um, what is the way that you are going to give the world your gift so that you change somebody's life, you change something about this world for the better. Um, and for me, that is really uh, my focus. That's what gets me up out of bed every morning. That's what keeps me thinking, okay, what's next? What can I be doing today? Uh, what can I be doing in 18 months? What can I be doing in five years? Um, and that goes back to the accountability for me. Um, what keeps me accountable is always going back to that question. What am I doing to serve others?
1: Yeah. Well, and Martin, your question was, what? how do we define this, right? For me, mm-hmm. I think it's I think intention is living with intent. (laughs) No, uh, I think Do not
0: use the word to define the word.
1: (laughs) I think I I don't know if I'll have a great like just textbook definition or something, but I'll give you an example. Like I told you guys before we started recording, I went rock climbing yesterday. I have zero intent behind rock climbing other than I'm just like enjoying myself. You know, Uh, I don't treat it as anything more than just a fun activity versus if it's yoga, it's like, okay, I have an intent behind that. Like I'm trying to mm-hmm. center myself and I'm trying to maintain my health and wellness and, and that stuff. Um, th- while I don't have like a clear, like, here's what intention is. That's how I would just give you an example to define it. Uh, I think that um, makes sense. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you think on your end?
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's about having um, sort of connecting the, the dots as you go. Right. And so or, or, or at least as attempting to see where where the next dot should be placed instead of um, reacting to everything. You're being more proactive in your in your mindset in pursuit mm-hmm. of something. And I mean, we we're talking here about methodologies and and things like that, which I think is you know the the idea we talked about on a couple of podcasts ago about building systems. So, like, how do you react in certain situations um, versus controlling every situation? It's building. Um, sort of your, your core, like understanding of how you react to the world and then using that to, to sort of think forward.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I well, the, the proactive versus reactive, I think is very important because you can, if, if you have intent behind something, I think you're naturally more inclined to be proactive, right? As right. Cause the to-
0: reactive thing is I need a job. The
1: proactive thing is I want to pursue this adventure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or even the proactive would be, I want to create or provide value in this way. And then you can find from there, okay, what are the jobs or adventures that would align with that? Mm -hmm. Which I think a lot of times is the, particularly with job searching, I think that's the backwards approach people take is they say, I need a job. What can someone give me? Versus... Here's what, here's what I can bring to the table, what is out there that aligns with what I'm good at and what I believe. Yeah. So Jen, when you started up with, I guess, so you said 2013 was kind of your transition year. Was that also mm-hmm. the year that you met Caesar, your husband for people who don't know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, so I actually met Caesar, who is my husband on that first trip to, uh, to Nicaragua with Under 30 Experiences. He was my trip leader.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it
2: definitely didn't go down like that, though.
1: <laughs> so I think um, uh, what I want to uh, kind of have you expand upon is how you felt that that fell in line with just that owning that year, but also the idea of just adventure being at the center point of what you were doing.
2: hmm. It comes down to remaining open, um, you know, going through that year and making all these changes. Um, the hardest part for me was remaining open, like, okay, if I'm not dating, what am I doing? What else am I remaining open to? Um, and you know, when I met Caesar, I was on this trip. I had bonded really well um, with people. Liz Preston was also on my trip, and um, you know, we just we just had this incredible bond. And for the full five days, I felt like I was able to connect with women in a way I hadn't connected authentically in a while with other people. Um, so I actually came home from the trip. I mean, honestly, I I have told the story a thousand times, but. I think I maybe said ten words to Caesar in five days. Like it wasn't even he was someone on my radar. But what happened was I, I came home and after the holidays, uh, Caesar had actually reached out for you know staff follow up, making sure that everything on the trip was great and et cetera, et cetera. And we just started talking, and we started talking in a way. Um, that wasn't full of bullshit. It was, hey, what are your values in life? Hey, what do you wanna do with yourself? Hey, um, where do you see yourself in five years? And he really piqued my interest in terms of, here was a man approaching a girl and um, in a way that was authentic and open and respectful. And um, he was actually curious about me. And in, in turn, I became very curious about him. and. Um, you know, I, I know there's this, uh, article floating around the New York times about, I think it's like the 26 questions or 36 questions you ask somebody to fall in love with. And I feel like that was a real life experiment. Um, in that we were asking each other questions and through those questions, we, um, we just became, I don't know, connected in a way I had never felt connected to anybody else in my life. And, um, Cesar then came to visit me. that may and within a week he moved in i mean our relationship moved very very quickly but tying this back to to you know being intentional i wasn't expecting to go on this trip and and meet my future husband and fall in love and all these things that came out of it but what i did expect of myself was to go into this trip um, with an open heart um, with the intention that whatever came out of this trip just go with it to embrace it to allow it to essentially surrender myself to this experience that i was having um, and it just so happened that the, the surrender allowed myself to, to open up my heart to love um, and to say, yeah, I've, I met this guy once and he visited me and he moved in in a week um, and I'm just going to see where it goes. And, you know, it was a huge risk. A lot of my friends questioned my sanity, I think, around that. Um, <laughs> you just met this guy and he moved in in a week. What is going on? Um, but, you know, living with intention is also living with a lot of risk. Um, and that's often something that uh, a lot of people will question you about and um, really try to talk you out of taking those those very big risks in your life.
1: He's just a boy and you're just. A yeah. Girl. Can I make <laughs> it any more obvious? <laughs> Did you find it easy to be able
0: to kind of, you know, let your guard down and go into it with that open mind and open heart?
2: No, no, no. Um, it was not easy. I mean, this is still something I struggle with um, almost every day, but I have learned that, you know, the first time you really let your guard down and you say to someone, okay, I'm going to trust you in this moment. I'm going to have this connection with you. Um, I would say 9.9 times out of 10, um, that person's going to reciprocate the same to you. Um, they're also going to trust you and they're going to let their guard down. Um, and there is going to be this mutual benefit coming between the, two, between the two of you. And once people start to be intentional and create that habit around, okay, approaching conversations with an open heart, um, being authentic, uh, giving more than asking, um, it just becomes something really easy that you're able to do in, in most of your conversations and most of your um, connections with other people.
1: That concept of the openness, both open heart, open mind, is very important because it's not so much that. And Martin, I think you'll agree with this, but I don't know. Maybe you won't, so we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> I guess, assume. I guess I have no idea. What you're but um, you know, you'll hear a lot of people, um, you know, "quote unquote" experts be like, you know, whether it's dating, whether it's whatever, it might be. Be like you have to be doing these three things in order to get this result, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, if you're not waking up at seven AM and blogging, you're doing something wrong. That kind of stuff. And that's one approach, which is like intent to are the you, maximum.
0: Are you telling me that my Cosmo magazine is lying to me? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Just do these five tricks to please your man. <laughs> uh and then the other end of it is I'm going gonna I'm going to keep an open mind about this stuff and mm-hmm. see what happens. And and while it's not as, it's not a direct approach, I think it it carries uh, equal, perhaps more significance because, you know, you could be doing the, you have to follow this step-by-step system. But if your mindset about that is generally closed off, it's not going to work. Um, right. You just won't, you, know, you won't, You your brain will not visualize like alternative paths for success or happiness or whatever that, you know, that might be, or just be able to Visualize and capitalize on potential opportunities because you're like no, I just have to put my head down and do this thing It doesn't matter. I just have to do this thing Versus if you're in a state of hey, I I really enjoy this like here's like the general You know feeling I'm striving for here's you know I I want to have an open mind about this idea of adventure in your case Jen Then you start to see all right what falls in line for you um, With the kind of the more broad intent
2: Yeah Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, um, for the past, I would say 14, 15 months, I have been sort of living in this space of, um, being very pragmatic, um, and also being very open to the experience. Um, so last October Cesar and I actually decided to pack all our stuff up throw it in storage, give up our life in Raleigh, um, and move to Costa Rica. I quit my job, a job I deeply loved with a company I deeply loved and adored. Um, And I had no job for the first time in a really long time. Um, I was like, shit, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. I don't know how I'm gonna fill my days. I don't have a project. I don't even really know what I wanna do with myself. But I, I said to myself, okay, I'm gonna remain open to this entire journey. And because of that, Um, You know, we moved on to Costa Rica. Um, I I, um, applied to this fellowship that was in the same town we were living in. I did the fellowship and I was able to really remove a lot of this chatter that was going around me. Okay, you have to be doing this. You have to have a blog, you have to do this. And what I found was I didn't have to do any of those things. The (laughs) only thing I had to do was remain open um, and see the signs and say to myself, okay, three people have now asked you to coach them. These people over here have asked you, hey, how do I live a nomadic lifestyle? Um, And by doing this and and having more conversations with people and keeping myself open and, and just giving, 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 I found that I received way more from the people in my life, people who encouraged me to start, you know, uh, my coaching certification, people who told me to start blogging, um, you know, under 30 experiences came back to me and offered me a full-time position. Um, and these were all things I had not planned to do when we had gotten down here, you know, almost a year and a half ago now. Um, but I remained open to the process and I said, okay, whatever happens, happens, because I know at the end of the day I can go back to the stage. I can send my resume to to a few places, um, you know, and I'll go on some interviews and I'll eventually land a job. I mean, and this is not to say, um, you know, I'm I'm being cocky, but um, I think when people realize that if they go out and they do these experiments and they do them intentionally, um, they're not going to fall. They're not going to fail. They um, they actually are going to move into something in their life, into this new power um, that they've never experienced before in their life. Um, And just knowing that, okay, I can go back to that same state I was living in. I can go back to that that mental state that I was in and I can get another job. I mean, I've got skills, I have an education, all those things. Um, You always have that fallback plan, but once you say to yourself, I'm going to take this risk, I'm going to remain open, and I'm just going to go see what's out there. Um, people will really start to find that the universe is going to open itself to so many possibilities that you had never been able to see before because you had these blinders on around what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to be doing them and how often you're supposed to be doing them. So, yeah, I think going back to what you were saying, if people just stopped doing what they should be doing and doing what they want to be doing, um, they would really be able to live a life with intent.
1: All right, Martin, we've had our first universe drop (laughs) <laughs> how, does, <laughs> how, how does that make you feel <laughs> uh
0: i just think it, it makes me think back to that moment when you when you and i had that universe conversation <laughs> um <laughs> well enlighten, enlighten everyone caught on tape
1: yeah um, everyone.
0: yeah so there was a, a conversation that raj and i had uh, uh maybe a year or so back where um you kind of just went off and you were like you know i think if we just like put good vibes out there, the universal, like, provide. And I was like, well, yeah, but we're only where we are today because, you know, I went and found all the things to make that vision come, come true. <laughs> and I, I I, do, like, what we're talking about here is method versus, tact, like, the tactical versus the method. And the method yeah. is, like, questioning and having an open mind and, you know, Pursuing things you enjoy in an authentic way that a lot that lets people know that you're looking for opportunities even though you don't know what they are versus Mm -hmm. tactical which is like Being more closed off and focused and like well I'm not even gonna talk to that person because they're not within my purview for this goal and I I think that you know It's a it's funny because it's so similar, but it's nuanced and the nuance is like you know, shutting things out in order to focus versus, you know, keeping an open mind, you're still doing the stuff. You're you're still working yeah. on things every day. It's not like you're sitting in your room, staring at the ceiling going, <laughs> the world will provide because it no.
1: won't.
0: And, and that's yeah. like, I want to bring up, you said like, you know, you can always go back to your job. Like it's not, you know, pe- things will eventually work out. And I think sometimes people take that to mean I don't need to, work and yeah or or i just need to keep doing what i'm doing even if i'm not doing enough kind of a thing and Mm -hmm. i mean we can debate what enough is right but there's there's a level of execution and showing up that needs to happen for any of these um universe things to fall into place in my mind
2: No, I agree completely with that, which is why I always talk to people about um, accountability. Um, Staying accountable to yourself, that it's not just um, sitting in your room staring at the stars and saying, okay, universe, I'm ready to receive whatever it is that you're going to give to me. Um, And I think a lot of people, when they have this conversation and they say, oh, the universe will provide, they really feel as if the universe is just going to drop an opportunity into their lap. and, you know, there's this saying that says, you know, luck is that intersection between um, opportunity and gosh, I'm forgetting the other point, but what it is essentially saying is, The people who you feel are lucky, like they always get these opportunities in their life, they just seem to fall into their lap. It really is because they went out and they put themselves out there and they asked a lot of questions and they did a lot of work. And when that opportunity presented it to themselves, they were ready to accept it. They had already done the skill set work, they had already um, done everything that in their power, um, and that opportunity finally presented itself to them. It's not to say that the universe is going to just say, "Oh, you want to make you know hundred thousand dollars this year? Great, here's hundred thousand dollars." I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's a lot of work. It's it's grinding. It's hustling. It's late nights. It's waking up at six in the morning to get on a webinar. It's um, it's all these things, but. Like you said, the important thing is, is remaining open to it. And I think a lot of people, what happens is they they start doing these things and they, they find it incredibly hard and incredibly challenging and they start to close themselves off and they go back into their comfort zones that says, okay, if you just, you know, go on LinkedIn and, and put your resume out there and you apply to the black hole of death of the resumes <laughs> and just send your resumes out blindly to to hiring managers, that you'll get a job. Um, and and that works for some people and that's totally fine. But if you're going to live with intention, if you're going to seek adventure, you have got to put yourself out there and you, you have to say to yourself, Okay, universe, like give it to me. Give me give me the opportunities, give me all this stuff and I'm also gonna meet you. Way and I'm going to do everything I can so that when you do present that person, I'm ready to accept whatever that person or that opportunity or whatever it is has to give me. I'm ready to accept it um, and embrace it and, and to take it and say, okay, ne- now what? What's the next step? What am I going to keep doing to to keep accessing these these opportunities?
1: You
0: know, yeah, and and the quote the quote is, "Luck is when preparation meets opportunity."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, that's what it is.
1: You know, it's um, it's almost like it's it's finding your place on the spectrum of being like one end of the spectrum is being too flighty. The other end is being too scrupulous. And it's, it's finding that balance of the two. And it, as you were talking with, that reminds me of is uh, our friend, Thomas Edwards, who we had on the show a little over a year ago. He, his business is the professional wingman. He's a, he's a dating coach, uh, like a love expert more or less. And he, you know, like he, he'll say like, he has people ask him, uh, you know, like, is it true? Like, like, I don't have to try. And he's like, no, you like you definitely have to try. <laughs> uh, And and, you know, he's like, there, there's there's several approaches you can take to it. There's the one like, I'm going to go out and meet someone tonight approach. But then there's also the hey, like, whatever social interaction I am in, there's a possibility today or tonight that I might meet someone who I could date. And that's kind of unlocking the part of your brain that stays open. It changes, really, what it does is it changes the way you then interact with people. Because if you're yeah. thinking about yourself, if you're just thinking to yourself, hey, you know, there's a possibility I could meet someone tonight, you'll probably be more open to talking to someone who you haven't talked to before. Maybe if you go out with a group of friends, you will wander off from that group for five or 10 minutes because you're just thinking, you know, there there might be a possibility. It's not necessarily even like an active thought, it's just something that's passive happening in your brain versus. Um, I, I would say the exact opposite would be the, um, like the girls night out where it's like, fuck men, you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> we're just going to get drunk and be girls and whatever. Uh, and I, and I say fuck men, I mean like, 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 like men suck. Like we hate them. You know, like someone just got like yeah. dumped or something like that. Oh, and, we're tracking brother. Okay. All right. I didn't, I didn't want to be like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a fuck fest. <laughs> uh, but, but those are kind of, those are the, those are the, I think the two, ends of that spectrum one of them is um or or those those are one part of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum so like the hey there's a possibility that's unlocking your brain and that's allowing you to it's going to change your interactions and the way and the internal dialogue you have with yourself which we haven't touched on yet which i think is very important Mm -hmm. um but then the screw everyone is the extremely scrupulous and closes you off
2: yeah no i completely agree with that and you know, I'm sure you guys have also heard from so many people who say, Oh, I've tried everything and nothing seems to be working. Well, have you really tried everything? Because something is bound to work. Um, it really is just changing that mindset to say, Okay, let me just let me just do it differently. Let me let me remain open. Let me actually give of myself before I'm asking for myself. Um, and I think when when you you put yourself in a position where you're, you're giving um, and you're saying like, here are my gifts, here is what I'm gonna to give to the world. Um, people take those gifts and they give you so much more in return. It, it's, it's really interesting to kind of see that.
0: So how do you identify what you can give?
2: Mm-hmm. So the one thing I think that everybody has that they can give is just being able to listen. Um, I work with so many people who just say to me, I have no one who listens, I have no one in my life who that I can really talk to in an open way um, without them either judging me or laughing at me. Um, the one thing that everybody should do is practice and read about active listening. And what is that? And it's not listening in terms of, okay, I need to one-up this person or I need to tell this story. but. It's sitting and it's in secret space with someone, letting them talk and not bringing your eyes into it and um, not trying to say, okay, have a a better story that's gonna add to this or um, ready for a question that's gonna benefit you in any way. It's just sitting with that person and listening. back on. It's not that you have to say, okay, here are your next steps. It's just sitting with them. And that's a gift we all have. It's something that we're all born with. Um, it's just being able to sit in secret space with someone and, and actively listen to what they have to say.
1: That's a good point. So recently I was interviewed on another podcast called the leadership podcast. Um, and the, the topic for that, that they chose to talk about me with was the idea of vulnerability. And I was saying how, what, what, Needs to be in place for vulnerability to exist is um, authenticity, empathy, and listening. And then you know later, as we as we kept on talking, what I said, you know, they were they were saying like, have you like, do you consider yourself a leader? Have you always been leading others, et cetera? Um, and I was like, I was like, you know, I've always like generally assumed positions of leadership and taken to leadership roles more than like follower roles, quote unquote. But the thing is. I was like I've always been a good talker. I've always been a good showman. But only in the last couple of years have I become a good listener. And I don't and it, and it doesn't matter if you're a good talker if you can't listen. And and this show actually has been a huge co- contribution to that. Um because like, we have to have conversations oftentimes with people we've never met before and for us mm-hmm. to be able to like break down any like barrier and actually have a good real conversation with someone, we have to get good at listening and and that's why you know I We always tell our guests, like, you know, don't worry about preparing anything. We don't have any questions we know we want to ask you. Um, It creates, I think, a different um, a different way you start to approach your conversations with other people. And Mm -hmm. I know it forces
0: you to listen to the answer. Like on those podcasts where people are just reading from a script of questions, you know that they're not even hearing the answers. They're just like, and the next one you've stopped talking, moving on to the next question
2: you're just checking these boxes off um, and I was actually working with um, a life coach Ginger Kern, and she was like okay stop checking off the boxes stop doing what you think you need to be doing and just listen and it was such a breakthrough for me like I already knew this I already knew to sit down and listen to people I already knew just ask more questions but it was such a great reminder You need to say your true authentic gifts will come through when you listen, not when you're talking, not when you're doing what you should be doing, not when you are checking off these boxes, when you are doing exactly what you were meant to be doing and you are just listening and sitting in that moment, um, you're going to be able to give your gifts in in ways that are going to really astound you, that you are going to be shocked to say, whoa, I had all of that to give. I didn't even know that was in me. Um, and just by, by sitting in space with someone and saying, I'm going to listen to you.
1: Yeah. And even, I mean, with this particular show, uh, it was about probably seven or eight months ago where I had told Martin, I was like, so we traditionally, Martin and I were always in the same room when we did this podcast. And then seven or eight months ago, I was like, I want to test out us, like not having to get together in person to do the show and just, you know, we're virtual. The guests can be virtual as well. Uh, because I want to get better at listening and, and not just, cause if, if you're in person and, and granted, we still do in-person episodes and they're great, but if Martin and I are always in person, it's much easier for me to be like, no, you're not going to talk next. I'm going to talk next. You know, like I can, just like, mm-hmm. I can like tap him on the shoulder and be like, I got this one kind of thing versus
2: mm-hmm. when,
1: when we're all virtual, like we are for this episode. I mean, I don't know if anyone listening to this episode will pick up on it but generally like each of us is gonna wait a second to see is someone going does someone else want to have input first before we uh decide to jump in and, I, and you have to actually process what did that person just say and how am I going to react yeah. to that as opposed to well I was thinking this thought before I don't care what Jen just said because I'm just going to say what I have on my <laughs> anyways so I get this question a lot um how do I
2: actually really goes back to Martin I think what you were saying um holding that space holding that one to be in your head and I have found that in so many conversations just listening remaining quiet um people actually have so much to say that they're able to fill up that space um so it doesn't really feel awkward it's like you are holding this space for them and they are entering your space and they are providing all these details and these stories and these words um, and you just have to sit there and listen and and, and take it in and you know of course you want to acknowledge them and you know act like you are engaged but just sitting there and being quiet um, really just makes an entire difference in a conversation
0: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because even silence like if you do if you are having a conversation and it goes silent for a bit there's still communication happening in that silence in body language and facial expressions in the fact that there's nothing to say. And one of the things that I find really fascinating is um, in improv, listening is the core of everything. You, you have to listen, because if you get up there and you're like, boom, bang, bang, I, this is the thing I thought of while I was off on the side of the stage, and it has nothing to do with what they just set up on the stage, you're gonna really you know, leave people out to dry. And so
1: it's like the Michael Scott in the office when he's like agent, whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And like, there are times that you like go, Oh, I know exactly what I want to do here. And you get up on stage and you're like, I'm going to be this person and interact with this character. And they're like, Hey mom. And then you're like, Oh, I'm your mother now. Okay. (laughs) Like, and you got to like really take a second and, and, and absorb that and hear that and then act on it. And one of the most fascinating parts of it is that, A lot of times when there isn't anything being said on stage that's the funniest part like when someone is like reacting slowly or processing or you know just trying to find the word like you you that silence says so much about you know now that character is someone who you know pauses and really like you know hangs on hangs on the moment and things like that and i think that you know as we're thinking about listening and thinking about maybe tactically how you can incorporate more of that in your life. Like improv was extremely helpful for me. I'm curious what other ways, you know, I mean, Raj, you already mentioned the podcast, but yeah, there's, there's a lot in there about just taking a step back and, and letting the pauses happen.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, as you're talking about that, what came to mind for me was the, so the way there are different ways, different people will teach yoga. Okay. And, You will notice, and and this is a method I do not agree with at all. There are some teachers who walk in with a piece of paper and they have like the entire class written down, like the sequence of poses they're going to do written down, which first off I think is just like, like have a memory for God's sake. (laughs) But number two, it's basically saying I have no desire to understand what are the people in this class going through, like physically, like what do they need? I'm just going to go with this routine I've already come up with versus the way I teach and the way I appreciate others teaching. Honestly, like when I go into a class, I have a general idea of what I want to do, but then like in the first 5 minutes, I'll I'll just observe like what are they doing during these opening integration poses? What looks tight on them? And then I'll I'll create I'll I'll shape the class around that. Um like you know, and there are, there are times when I go into class being like, "You know what? Today I really want to teach them headstand or handstand or something like that. Like, I think they really enjoy it. But then I'll notice 75% of the class in the first few minutes is just like they're, they're, their hips are really tight. Because when I say from down dog, bend your knee, stack your hip, it's like they're, <laughs> they're not getting their knee very high. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe a headstand is not the most important thing or a handstand is not the most important thing for this class. Why don't I instead work on helping them open their hips so that they can feel good by the end of this? And what that, a lot of that comes back to, which is what I – Kind of my aha moment, um, not only if within yoga, but other aspects of life as well, was on like day two or three of teacher training for yoga, was realizing, because I had gone into the the concept of teaching yoga and into the teacher training with like, oh, like, you know, like I'm going to be like this style and I'm going to do all these kinds of things It's going to make class really fun and cool. And granted, my classes are fun and they are cool. And I'm not just saying that. People tell me that. <laughs> but the revelation or the realization i had on the first couple of days of training was wait it's not about me like they're coming to class for themselves they're not coming for me and i can enhance their experience by being myself etc but i can't take the i can't take the spotlight and and put it on myself and think this is some like comedy show that they're coming to, you know, see an entertainer perform, and even in like comedy, right? While the spotlight is physically on the person on stage, ultimately they're trying to create an experience for everyone sitting in the audience. So that's how I, you know, that that's what I think about when when you, Martin, when you kind of talk about that idea of listening and and not just being like, I'm going to make this joke because I can. What did they say? Let me react to that instead. Yeah, I mean, you listen to how
0: stand up comics talk, and they're like, the joke no matter how funny or good I think my joke is, if no one laughs at it, it's not a good joke. And they are constantly tweaking things in order to get the real purpose of a joke. It's not to get an idea out there. It's to get a reaction from the crowd. And I think that that's like, you know, we think that they're performing, but they're actually listening. They they know the words. They don't need to hear the words. They're spending the entire time on stage listening to the crowd's reactions to those words. So that is actually pretty interesting because it's like not only do you listen when other people are talking, but you need to listen when you're talking as
2: well. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. And going back to a coaching framework, it's the same thing. I mean, as a coach, we are trained to ask questions because we believe our clients already have the answers in them. And sure, we can offer a resource or, you know, a tool or something that will help them get to that next level, but they already have all the answers in them. It just blows my mind how many people are living not being asked the right questions, and they they don't even know to ask these questions of themselves. And, you know, four or five years ago, I was definitely one of those people. I didn't know how to sit down and ask myself, okay, what is fulfillment? What will fulfill me? Um, How do I get to fulfill? Um, and how do I do that um, in a really authentic way that um, keeps me energized, that's going to keep me um, giving back, that's going to keep me um, ethical? Um, and it's just it's so crazy that people just don't have those uh, those people in their lives to ask the right questions and and to really just listen to what they have to say.
1: Well, and that's really I mean, that's what the premise of a lot of what Martin and I did with Ideal Lemon, I mean, you know, like we had our finding your why personal branding exercise that became like kind of our signature thing and it worked very well and you'd you know we'd have students afterwards be like you know we'd help them find their why and craft you know their own personal statement or elevator pitch out of that and they'd be like how did you do that (laughs) and we'd just be like we just you know like we listened to you for 30 minutes and all we did was synthesize the information that you said
2: yeah people i think are blown away that um when you give to them what essentially they just gave to you, they're like, wait, how did you do that? Where do I learn that skill?" And I'm like, I just listened. Like what you said, I just listened to you. Like you need to listen to yourself. Like you need to be able to hold the space where you are removing all the negative, um, you know, all the negative chatter around you, all the the mental chatter that's in, going inside your head, all those negative self-defeating thoughts and just listen to what you are actually saying. The answers are all right there for you already.
1: Right, right. Now, so this is where it starts to get tough, right? Because it's easy to say, "Yeah, don't have negative thoughts," right? But I have negative mm-hmm. thoughts all the freaking time. <laughs> yes. I try, I try not to let them prevail. Sometimes they do. So, how do we effectively? I guess you because you can never push them away entirely. But how do you get better at? not letting the negative thoughts prevail
2: mm-hmm. so i would like to start by saying that negative thoughts are natural and if you're having negative thoughts um totally fine i have them every single day probably every hour of my life that's that's totally fine and the people that you look up to most on social media are also having negative
1: thoughts,
2: <laughs> talking about them so let's just put that out there but um it's all about acknowledgement like okay if you are i don't know you you know, Raj, you're going to a yoga class and you're saying, "Oh gosh, I, I don't really know. I, I'm not sure what these people are going to give me back. Like, how am I going to be able to craft this hour class for them?" It's saying, "Okay, hey there. I understand what you're saying. I recognize that you are saying this, and I'm trying to figure out where that um, where that negative self chatter is coming from. The fact of the matter is, is that you've done these classes before. You've taught before. You've had successful classes. You've had great feedback. So." Fear around the language that is being crafted in your head is actually not true. Like these are all uh, statements that you are creating around untruth. So just acknowledging them and saying, okay, but where is this really coming from? Is it a fear that has nothing to do with my yoga class? Is it because I'm outside of my comfort zone? And saying to yourself, okay, when was another time I was outside my comfort zone? When was the time I taught a class and people loved it? when you're able to shift away and say, okay, but these are the facts of my life. These are moments when I excelled. Um, you're able to, to manage and really take back control of that language and say, okay, you know what mind, um, I hear you, I see you, but the truth is, I've actually done this before and I excelled and I did really well and I'm just gonna go in there and do the same thing. So um, for me, it's all about teaching people how to acknowledge their thoughts and then shifting that framework and saying, okay, when, when were they successful? When, when did they have a positive um, example in their life that they overcame um, that fear? Um, and then using that as their platform to say, I'm going to um, I'm gonna go into this situation and I'm going to do it and then I'm um, going to not allow this mental chatter to control me.
1: Martin, keep us grounded in reality here.
0: Um, what was the original question there?
1: Well, the idea of how do you curtail the negative thoughts or, yeah, I guess, yeah, not let them prevail, rather.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love everything that you just said. And I was talking about it actually with a friend this morning where I think up stories from like beginning to end of what will, of what is, what's going to happen. And I go through maybe like 30 of them in my mind. So I'm like, if I'm going to go inter- interview for this thing or talk to this person, here's all the different ways that it can end. And what I've just realized is, um, it's all imaginary, like, <laughs> like <laughs> the the what ends up actually happening is never one of those stories. Like I'm never, I'm almost uh, at least in like interpersonal things. Like with business stuff, it's it's usually on point, but with interpersonal things, it's it's usually um, I misread or I mispredict how people are going to react to things, and so I find that to be. Uh, a good thing to always come back to of separating imagination from reality. And I like what you're saying about about reframing it and thinking about, you know, times in the past where it's gone well and things like that. Um, And just knowing that, you know, when we, it takes like five good things to negate that one negative, right? So you got to do a a lot of active, like thinking of good to get rid of the, the negative thought um but i think just also you know that mindfulness of saying yes all these thoughts all these all these things are just imaginary stories um good and bad and i won't know unless i go do it i won't really know what the answer is and i think what we're talking about here the reason people don't listen and the reason people don't put together these visions and set these goals and go after these things is because they're afraid of what they imagine will happen. Um, and so they avoid, or at least that's what I do. I just avoid situations that I think might go bad. And I think it's, there, there is a level of confidence. It might not always turn out well, but I'm, I'm at this point, just curious to know how things will turn out.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot like to go back to Thomas Edwards, when he was on our show a little over a year ago, he was talking about that concept of like what he calls like the little man theory or little man syndrome. So like when he's working with his clients who are trying to find love and they'll have like the, ah, she doesn't want to talk to me. Kind of thought in their head. He'll be like, okay, that's the little man in your head talking. What if the little man were wrong? What if you actually were really good at talking to women, that kind of stuff. And he's like, that helps them reframe how they're actually going to approach the situation.
0: Yeah, make it like a – actually give it a different name. I've heard that before where you truly separate it from being my thought to being a thought that's out
2: there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what's so important to remember too is your thoughts are not you. And so many people say to themselves, oh, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm whatever and they think that they actually are that thought and they aren't there's no actual proof that mm-hmm. um, their failure that they their disappointment that um, you know all these things that we tell ourselves that we're not good enough I mean that's the biggest one right like I'm just not good enough like why aren't you good enough like what what evidence do you have that you're not good enough it's, it's, it's and how rewarding. do you define
0: what is good enough
2: Exactly, Um, are you defining what's good enough because of what you're seeing on your social media, what your other friends are doing, from those people who are doing the things that you think you should be doing? I mean, I have this conversation almost every day with someone and, okay, great, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, but what is it that you want to be doing? When was the last time you asked yourself, I want to do this and I'm going to do this, instead of, oh, I should be doing this? Like, when was the last time you were successful because you were doing something you should be doing versus when was the last time you became alive with yourself because you were doing something you wanted to be doing. Um, and I think that when you are living with intent, you were answering that question. What is it that I want to be doing?
1: Let's wrap up from there. That's a really good kind of closing point before we wrap up, Jen, let our listeners know what you're working on and where they can find you.
2: Of course. Right, so I am currently working on, coaching business so I'm focused on lifestyle and intentionality coaching so you can find me on Instagram at the art of intentions underscore I try to give little um, gems per se about like how to live life and how to restructure some of your your frameworks on these really cute little posts I put up um, you can also find me online at the art of and I would love to offer out to the world um, you know three people who respond to this podcast um, via my Instagram, to drop me a line with their intention for their month um, and tell me, like, what is it that you want to be doing? And I would love to, you know, help you get there um, with a one-hour complimentary session. So the first three people that, that check me out on Instagram, send me their intention via Instagram, um, you, you're going to get a one-hour complimentary coaching session with
1: me. Awesome. And that's at the art of intentions underscore. Yes. Great. And are you still leading trips with under 30?
2: Um not really. I um I'm doing the community management so I talk to um to, uh community members
1: every day all day long to are alumni who come on our And you do a hell of a job. Let me just point out. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you, thank
2: you Yeah. I probably talk to um you know probably 15 20 people a week about about these topics. Um and I'm actually coming on board as a life coach for all their yoga retreat. So um, I'll be co-leading yoga and life coaching retreats in Costa Rica and Bali this year as well.
1: Awesome. Cool. That's really cool. Now, to wrap up then, we will go one by one, giving our respective answer to today's question based on the conversation, starting with Martin and closing with Jen. Martin, today our question is, what is living with intention?
0: I like that idea of method versus like tactics. Um, I feel like tactics are being really closed-minded Towards certain behaviors, uh, whereas a method is being more open-minded toward how you approach things in your mindset. Um, so, keeping more of a "here's how my here's how I approach the world" versus "here's what I'm doing right now."
1: My answer for what is living with intention. I think so. Something I always try to keep in mind, you know, to a rough degree is. There's a difference between working and working towards something. And generally when you're working towards something, you have some type of end goal in mind. It doesn't have to be like a quantitative goal, but you have some end end game in mind. And you feel more motivated and you generally take a better approach. You keep that open mind, you, um, you create those methods, et cetera. Versus when you're in a state of just working, even if it's something that's like fun, if you just feel like it's working, then you're not actually creating intent behind that thing, and that that can be fine. But you just need to be okay that you're not expecting a certain outcome. So to come back to like that rock climbing thing, right? Like I rock climb every now and then just for fun, and I have no intent behind that, and that's okay. Um, but however, I have been in a you know working scenario before, like a job scenario, where I got to a point where I was working and not working towards something, and it was awful and I felt very out of sync with, with my life. So I removed myself from that situation and then created something where I could work towards something. Jen, what is living with intention?
2: Uh, for me, living with intention is doing what you want to do, remaining open to what you want to do and actually going and doing what you want to do.
1: Awesome. Love it, Jennifer D. Simone Romero, or did you not change your last name?
2: I did not change my last
1: name. All right. Well, according to your Skype, you are Jennifer D. Simone D. Simone. Double and down. <laughs> thank, yeah. thank you for joining us. Thank you guys so so much. Awesome. We will talk soon. That wrapped up our conversation with Jen D. Simone. Jen. Thank you so much for joining us all the way across the pond-ish, kind of, no, not really, all the way in Costa Rica. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes, as well as subscribing to the show on whatever platform it is that you listen to. Ratings and reviews and subscriptions help more people find the show, therefore, more people get to discover their inner awesome for full show notes, references, and resources discussed in this episode, as well as Jen's contact information. And don't forget, if you are one of the first three people to message her on Instagram, you will get a complimentary life coaching session. I highly recommend taking her up on that. You can find all this information at discoveryourinnerawesome.com, where we've got full show notes, references, and resources, and contact information. If you're on Twitter, follow our new Twitter handle at DYI Awesome. That stands for Discover Your Inner Awesome. Again, that Twitter handle is at Awesome. All right, that'll do it for this one. Thank you again to Jen D. Simone for joining us. For Martin McGovern, I am Raj Nation. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We will see you next time. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today.